Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about counterfeit checks and notification. It's my pleasure to be speaking with David Barnhart. He's the VP of Product Management with Early Warning. David, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So, to start with, people talk about check usage as declining, and yet check fraud doesn't seem to be going away. Talk to me a bit about the problems with checks, and especially with counterfeit checks and fraud. Well, I think it's interesting whenever you say checks are declining. They are, to a degree. Online payments, such as P2P and other money transfer services, have really reduced the number or the, the actual number of checks written for, say, $300 or less. With that decline, early warning is still observed, and we looked at some analysis, and we observed a 29% increase in what we call hard-hit dollars, so fraud dollars, uh, year over year, even though uh, we do see that these these, these checks are uh, declining. You know, counterfeit's one of the oldest frauds uh, that's been around since you've been since people have been writing checks. It's it's really easy to counterfeit checks, and you know, unfortunately, there are uh, a lot of folks in the world who and uh, who fall victim to uh, advanced fee scams, uh, lottery scams, dating scams. The 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 419 scam has just evolved itself tremendously. But when you look at the amount of money that are associated with those particular checks and how much those checks are written for, obviously it doesn't fall into uh, you know the $300 or less uh, bucket where you know people look and say, oh, checks are declining. Well, yeah, the $300 or less, which actually made up a large majority of checks that were written in the United States. So, you know, it's really twofold. Yes, checks are declining. Caveat for small dollars. Uh, check fraud is still ever present, and we still see severity as far as check fraud losses continuing to rise. So, David, give us some industry perspective on that. What do you see as being the, the big dollar losses that you associate with counterfeit checks and with some of the scams? Maybe even talk about some of the popular scams that you're seeing. So, in uh, the American Bankers Association uh, does a financial study year over year. And they look at losses and checks and, and what those losses uh, come from when you talk about a check fraud loss, whether it be counterfeit, stolen, NSF, overdraft, et cetera. But in uh, the most recent ABA study, they identified that financial industry loss and loss avoidance due to uh, demand deposit account fraud cost over $14 billion, and that was as, as of 2013. Of that, $648 million of the check fraud losses reported, 24% was as a result of counterfeit, approximately $155 million of that total. Over the last few years, counterfeit fraud has consistently been the leading demand deposit account fraud that's been reported by the ABA. When they look at it by a loss per account, you're looking at roughly $0.41 loss per account across the measured financial institutions that they study. If you think about that, $0.41 cents per DDA is a significant amount of money, and that is really attributed to counterfeit checks. So when you think about the types of scams that are out there, obviously I've mentioned advanced fee. Uh, that, that really seems to be the Achilles heel in the industry from a fraud professional trying to detect who's actually negotiating these items. Well, the really, you know, the, I guess the, the, the shocking point uh, around 419 scams is 
it's not a hardened criminal. It's people like your mom, your dad, your aunt, your kids. Uh, anybody that has access to the Internet, anyone who has access to eBay, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, the scams are out there. They solicit folks, and they're actually doing phone scams now. Uh, all the dating websites, you know, dating websites that are, you know, they popped up, you know, tenfold over the past few years. There are so many fake profiles and people, you know, that are looking for love. These fraudsters are finding these people and playing on their good intentions. And essentially the way the scam works is after some brief correspondence, really it doesn't matter what type of interaction this is, whether it's romance or looking for a job or selling an article online. Um, you know, these folks are typically mailed a check and they're told that, you know, some some hard story or hard press story, uh, negotiate the check, and then I need you to send me X number of funds back. But, hey, just for your uh, willingness to help me, I'll let you keep 10% or 5% or whatever the case may be. And, you know, the unsuspecting victims, who are traditionally very good customers of the bank, will actually deposit the check. Uh, most of the time, they'll get instant funds availability or next-day availability. They go into the banking center or they go online. Uh, they'll either withdraw the funds and take it to a money transfer service, or they'll go on their online banking and they'll uh, electronically remit funds uh, to the foster unknowingly. And then, the, and then act, you know, after the check returns, customer calls the bank, doesn't understand why, uh, and then they're educated that they actually accepted a counterfeit check. You know, more and more people have gotten wind, and they've, they've been educated through a lot of public service announcements by the government. Lots of online press about this. I know a lot of the online retailers or a lot of the online transfer companies or face-to-face transfer companies uh, will educate consumers and, and ask, actually ask them as part of uh, remitting funds or doing a transaction if they know the individual they're doing business with. So, you know, the fraud is really interesting. I'll share one quick example of how the fraud has actually evolved their process. Well, now with mobile deposits, more and more banks are allowing for mobile deposits. Well, the fraud realizes, well, I don't have to, you know, mail a check. I don't have to beg them to deposit it. I'll just get them to give me their online banking credentials. So once the unsuspecting victim gives over their online banking credentials, they will then log in as that customer on their phone, and they'll actually have their challenge questions or any security questions so that, you know, it's a new device. They, they can get by all that. And what the fraud is essentially doing now is they're just taking a picture of the counterfeit check they just made and telling the, 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 the victim that they actually wired money into their account, which is total lie, and then they'll actually go into the online banking and remit the funds back out to themselves. So they're using it as a wash account to basically mobilely or to, to take a mobile deposit of the check. Once the access to the funds is granted, they'll go back in their online banking. They'll ACH, P2P, bill pay, or even wire the capabilities there, the money back to themselves. Well, the victim, when they see a return deposit item and their account's upside down, they call and question the bank as to why a wire transaction returned, and they have to be educated that it was actually a check. So, you know, the digital age has not really quelled the counterfeit check scam. It's actually evolved it. Well, David, you anticipated my next question because we see so many people now not just banking online but moving to mobile payments, moving to person-to-person, even digital currencies. You don't see this migration impacting the whole counterfeit check problem? 
So, you know, more and more payments are going electronic, and we are obviously in an electronic age. However, large dollar deposits, they still typically occur via paper. People still get you know, checks for, you know, various reasons. Uh, some some companies actually still pay their, their employees in payroll checks. Bonus checks are sometimes remitted. Obviously, U.S. Treasury sends out tax checks and paper. So, you know, check fraud is ever, is ever present. You know, people use electronic channels to move money. Unfortunately, with that most, with, the, with that example that I provided you, the fraud is actually adapted to the process. You know, they're using electronic money movement to their advantage, and now they're using mobile deposit uh, as, as, you know, to their advantage to really streamline their process. You know, they don't have the FedEx or the UPS overnight shipping uh, costs to send the check out to an unsuspecting victim. They can sit there in their, their counterfeit check chop chop and they can essentially gain access to the unsuspecting victim's account, uh, take a picture, and then once that's credited, they'll sit there and continually check the balance. And once it's credited, they'll send the money out themselves. So, David, talk to us about early warning in your solution and how it's developed to fight this problem. So a little bit about early warning. We actually have an advisory committee that is made up of our member banks. And, and really together, the banks in early warning get together and we discuss trends at our annual advisory committee meetings and, and really what the threats are at those institutions and how early warning and estate assets can be used to help them reduce risk or fraud that they're experiencing. Counterfeit check has always been at the top of the list year over year. The problem really wasn't going away. And in some cases and in some institutions, it was actually getting worse. The comment I made earlier, you know, typically counterfeit check fraud is something that's perpetrated by existing, very well-tenured customers of the bank that, you know, they've never essentially had an RDI or a return deposit item. They've never had many NSFs. It, it, like I said, it's, it's good people with direct deposits that, that create the biggest challenge for them. So being that counterfeit uh, check detection was ranked number one across all of our contributors, uh, we got to work and develop an industry product that detects one of the most elusive fraud types of the industry. And what I mean by elusive is, you know, uh, you can do behavioral analyses on your customers and you can look and see any, you know, check that's outside the range and only deposit. But, you know, a lot of those systems can can help and they can hurt especially around tax time. People make deposits of tax checks and, you know, uh, bonus checks from work or whatever the case may be. And, and typically those, those, those filters and those strategies will create a lot of alerts and the shops, you know, they go understaffed and it's really hard to keep up with it. What we wanted to build was an industry solution that could have pinpoint accuracy, something that would not create, you know, thousands upon thousands of alerts unless they took thousands upon thousands of you know, suspect counterfeits. But we we're, we basically built this solution because of our unique ability to see what's going on in the financial ecosystem and to create a report or create a product that allows the banks to strategically have conversations with customers, educate customers. Again, these aren't hardened criminals. These are unsuspecting victims. So it gives the banks uh, the ability to take time to educate as well as protect the funds uh, that, that, you know, of the counterfeit check that was deposited. So, David, give me a sense of the competitive landscape. How does early warning solution compare to other solutions within your space? So our solution benefits from all of our bank contribution across the U.S. You know, if you think about our position as a trusted custodian in the industry, we are at the center of a financial ecosystem. Banks 
typically have internal lists for solutions that assist them in detecting this type of fraud. And, you know, they, they, they typically have high false positives. Um, you know, they, they, it requires them to view a lot of images. It's very time-consuming. However, we are across the industry. And our you know, and we're, we're very comprehensive in the data that we have. We're not looking at a single bank's list, and we're not just, you, you know, as a bank, you're, you're basing your counterfeit detection on your experience and what you've seen. But as I start to see counterfeit checks in the industry, I can inform banks on their first acceptance of that item instead of their fifth acceptance of that item. So, you know, what, what we're able to do is essentially provide that, you know, not to be, uh, I guess, a, a cliche, but we are able to provide that early warning uh, to the banks when when they take an item that, you know, on a good customer, no harm, no foul, don't, really, don't really see a need to place a hold, uh, we may come back and tell that, that bank that that is a suspect counterfeit. They could, A, place a hold, and B, have a conversation with the customer, because typically those customers have um, provided all their personal information to the fraud, so there is more than likely an impending identity theft that's going to be coming down the pipe. The other services in the industry uh, I've heard are very small in scale. Uh, they don't have the granular detail of the deposits and returns that early money does, nor do the solutions that I've heard of have the same fraud rate or item return rate that we have. So, you know, when you're, when you're building something like counterfeit, uh, having the largest amount of data in the industry you know, as far as deposits and returns uh, is, is, is a significant advantage. You know, one bank by itself, and I've built counterfeit solutions when I've worked at other banks, you know, you're only as good as the data you saw at your institution. What we've been able to do is build a solution that looks across the industry, and it provides all of our subscribers and our inquirers, you know, that, that early warning, not the exact cliche again, but it's so fitting, uh, that early warning in that uh, – you know, the item that they're taking is susceptible to, to returning for counterfeit. Well, David, that's really insightful. If I could ask you just one last question, please. If you could sum it up and offer financial institutions maybe one piece of advice on how they can immediately reduce their risk from counterfeit checks, what would you advise them? Well, we've been actually having that conversation with a lot of our uh, our inquirers and contributors, uh, and we've had a tremendous response to our counterfeit products. A lot of our banks are, are, you know, giving us stories and telling us, hey, you know, we ran this for two days and essentially we've, we've, we've made back what we're going to pay for this service in two days because we found items that we would have never alerted upon. We would have had, you know, significant hardships. We've had a lot of good news stories, um, with people that were victims of fraud, elderly, uh, folks who were victims of fraud and were giving away a lot of their, you know, life savings to fraudsters. So, you know, the education part is out there. Uh, if banks are interested, you know, certainly uh, we have a solution. We have a, a very effective solution. And, um, you know, I would, I would dare say compare with, with what else is out there in the market. And uh, I would you know, guarantee that early warning is going to have, uh, you know, the biggest bang for the buck, the highest return rate, the lowest false positive. And, uh, you know, that just goes back to our position in the industry and the trusted custodian and the amount of data that we see. Well, Dave, very good, David. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. The topic has been counterfeit check fraud. I've been speaking with David Barnhart, Vice President of Product Management with Early Warning. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.